And uh, on John chapter 2, verses 2 through 5, come on, let's begin to uh, speak that uh, and read it together. Let's read it together now. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, just do it. Before Nike ever came up with this, Mary had already put it out there in the atmosphere. Just do it. Today, we're standing at a moment, at a moment between where we used to be and where we are going. And we can say that, that it is uh, a moment between what we have experienced, what you have experienced in your life, and what you are expecting. And faith is our motivating factor. Faith is the motivating factor to get you from where you are to where you are going. Faith is the motivating factor. And, and, you know, remember in Ecclesiastes 3, Solomon talks about that when he says that to everything, there is a time and a season. There is a season and there is a time for every purpose. And what he does is that Solomon talks about a framework that's embedded within seasons and time. And so as we look and focus on faith and expectation, I think it's really important for us to declare and to recognize that our faith is not something we're looking to stand, uh, looking uh, for something uh, to stand on, but our faith is what we stand on. And when you have faith, you are committed to advancing. You are committed to progress when you have faith. But the interesting thing about progress is, at times, progress seems very slow and and it seems like at times that there is no progress at all. I don't know if you've ever experienced that in life and it, and it appears that you're working towards something, you're moving towards something, but you, it seems like it's so slow and then it's so slow that it doesn't even seem like that there's progress being made at all. But I believe that we are standing at a moment in time that where uh, God will accelerate and what used to take five years, will take five days. Uh, I believe that we are in a moment and in a time that what used to take five months can take five minutes. And as I look through the Bible, uh, it tells me that there are 182 times in the New King James Version where it talks about it came to pass or the process of time. And, and when I look at that, I, I begin to think about uh, the wedding at Canaan in John chapter 2. At this particular wedding, they, they, they had run out of wine. And Mary is at this wedding and Jesus and his disciples have been invited to this wedding. And it appears that things had gone really, really wrong. And as they ran out of wine... Mary turns to Jesus and she says to him, she says that Jesus, they've run out of wine. And Jesus says to her, 
what does that concern me for my time has not come. And isn't it interesting when you read that particular passage that Mary doesn't address him. She's like, boy, I knew you before you were ever born. I knew how you were born. I know where the seed came from. And I know when the word was spoken to me, I said, let it be to me according to your word. I know all about you. And notice that she did not even address Jesus. She just looked beyond him to his servant and she said, whatever he says, do, just do it. So notice what happens here. The process starts. They take clay uh, uh, jugs. They fill those clay jugs up with water. And in a moment, that water turns to wine. Suddenly, the water turns to wine. Immediately, the water turns to wine. Now, isn't that interesting? Why is it? It's because they had no time for the process. They had no time to grow grapes and go get some grapes and ferment those grapes and mash those grapes and go through the process that it took for wine. No, no, no. It was time for something to happen right now. And so suddenly, God, Mm. Through the words of Jesus, his faith and his expectation, the faith and expectation of Mary that he caused a, something that would take time to go beyond time and to happen in a moment. Now, we see many of these stories throughout the Bible and I think it's really important to recognize that there is a difference between process and progress. See, process... <laughs> There's a big difference. You can have a process and not make progress, but you can make progress and not even go through the process. You see, when I grew up, we used to play a game, and this game was called Leapfrog. And, 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 and what, we, what we used to do is that everyone would get down in front of you, and then you could leverage uh, your, your, your strength on the strength of someone else. And you, would not, and you would jump ahead of where you otherwise would have been if you had to go through the process. See, there are some times that a breakthrough, God has to create a breakthrough hmm, so that he can fulfill the promise. There are some times that God takes the time out of seed. He says that for as long as the earth remained, there would be seed, time, and harvest. But you know what? There's a, there, there, the, the seed grows over seasons, and through the process of time, it produces a harvest. But God can take the time out of the middle of the seed and cause the harvest to be manifested immediately. And so what took three months, six months, or a year, it can happen in a matter of minutes. And I believe that that's what God is speaking over the body of the Champion Center. I believe that that's what God is speaking uh, for your family. I believe that that's what God is speaking for your life. And you're going to have to grab hold of that out of the atmosphere. Why? Is it goes against our natural thinking. Because we, we always expect to meet resistance when we want to progress. So there are some principles in the earth. And these principles in the earth... Uh, they work. They work. Uh, and, and some of these principles can work against you. But then there can be a shift in the atmosphere or a shift 
that can cause these principles to work for you. Let, let me give you an example. I grew up in the great uh, city of Shreveport, and, and, and what's interesting is that we lived at the corner of Kit and McDaniel. It was a hill, Kit Hill and McDaniel. So McDaniel was a hill and Kit was a hill, but Kit was more steep than McDaniel. But we lived right, near, uh, right at the corner of that. And growing up, I was 14 years old, and I, and I was not lazy, no. I, I got me a lawnmower. I knew how to work on lawnmowers when I was 14. I got me a lawnmower and I would push it up the street and anybody that I saw grass wasn't cut that week, I would knock on their door with my lawnmower and say, would you like your yard cut? But notice what happens is that when I leave the house and, I, and I'm going up the hill, it's hard to push that lawnmower up the hill. Why? It's because gravity is in play. And gravity is working against me. So whenever you're trying to go up a hill, there is resistance that is a principle in the earth that's working against the progress that you're trying to make. But, 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 but there is a way to shift that which works against you. And, and a perfect example is that I remember when I graduated from college, I, I bought me a Toyota Corolla. Uh, it was an old Toyota Corolla, and it was a 1974. And when I and it had 120,000 miles on it when I bought it. I mean, I, I just had to buy what I could afford. And do you know what's amazing about that is that in the trunk, I had a uh, like a half case of oil. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but I also always made sure no matter where I went that I had that um, antifreeze jug filled up with water because it would run hot whenever I went. So, so multiple times that I would have to stop, pull on the side of the road and put some water in it to cool it off. But, but although that car was old, although that car has some issues and some problems, many days it would not start. And so what I would do is because it was a uh, manual, not an automatic, uh, then what I could do is that I could uh, get somebody to help me push it out of the driveway. And that as long as I can turn it in the direction of the hill, that we would give it a push. And that Toyota Corolla would roll down that hill and all I had to do was poof, pop the clutch and it would start. What was happening? Gravity was working for me. The very thing that was working against me, now all of a sudden, was working what? For me. There was a shift. You know what? I believe, remember at the beginning of the year we said that God will stop what has been stopping you? And so there was a shift uh, uh, when that car uh, went down the hill. And so what was working against me was now no longer working against me, but it was working for me. I believe that right now we are in a moment of time where things are about to change so fast. Why? It's because there is a shift that is taking place, a shift that is taking place. And so I want to just kind of share with you several passages. Uh, and first, I want you to go to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 18. 
And as I share with you several passages of that we can see how God's caused us suddenly to take place. In 1 Kings chapter 18, it was a time when Elijah had declared that there is a famine that will come into the land. It was 1 Kings chapter 17. And so there has been a famine in the land for uh, three years. And then he says, about this time next, uh, about this time tomorrow, things are going to lift. There's going to be a shift. First Kings chapter 18, verse 41 through 46. Are you there? Shout, uh-huh. Let's read it together now. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Let's keep reading together. And said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariots and go down before the rain stops you. So notice this, that, and we're going to read the next verse, but, but, but there is a famine. It's been dry in the land. It's been a dry season. But all of a sudden, immediately, that there's going to be a rain that's going to be so much that it's going to stop him, the king, from traveling or going. And, and, and Elijah begins to tell them about what is about to happen. And then in verse 45, it reads together, now, now it happened in the meantime. That means in the meantime, it happened all of a sudden. It happened in a hurry. It happened in the meantime that, that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went. Now, Elijah had prophesied that there would be a drought in 1 Kings chapter 17, and after nearly three years, all of a sudden, he says, he prophesies that there is coming rain. And I believe that we are to stand in the evidence of what God says and not in the absence of the evidence of what we see but what it is that God says and, 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 and Elijah says that I hear the sound of an abundance of rain and he tells his servant to go and he, and he wants his servant to go and look for what he hears the servant goes out the first time and he looks, but he does not see. So he comes back and he says, Elijah, I do not see what you have heard. So Elijah says that it does not matter that you cannot see what I have heard. It will not change what I am saying. And he says that now I want you to go back and I want you to, 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 to look again. And so the second time he goes there. He looks and he comes back to Elijah and he says that I do not see what you have heard. 
And Elijah is saying, look, it does not matter if you cannot see what I have heard. But you go back, and he goes back a third time. He goes back a fourth time. He goes back a fifth time. He goes back a sixth time. And then on the seventh time, the Bible says that now he sees what Elijah has heard. And he says that, well, all the things, the only thing I see is a cloud that's arising out of the sea about the, about the size of a man's hand. He says, now, you have evidence of what I, you now have the ability to see what I have been hearing. And he says, now, I've got to give you some instructions, but I want to tell you something, church, that there was a famine for three years, that things are dried up, but then all of a sudden, Immediately, in the meantime, it happens quickly that a rain begins to develop. Why? It's because that Elijah had heard the sound of an abundance. How many of you know that you can hear? You can hear. You can hear an abundance. You can hear. You can hear what others cannot see. That is how faith works. God will tell you something that there is no evidence in the natural of what can be seen. But that should not cause you to change what God has said. It should not cause you to doubt what God has said. But you should continue to hold on. And it does not matter if there is no evidence. You keep saying what God has said. And then all of a sudden, immediately, in the meantime, in the, in the passage of time, in the process of time, that God caused it to happen. But you know what? In one day, in one day, a three-year drought was over. That God accelerated, accelerated. He took time out of the middle of it. And when he did that, they began to see what God has said. They began to see, my God. Later in that particular passage that there are four men that are sitting on the outside of the gate. There's this famine in the land, and they ask a question. Why sit here until we die? They're hungry. They're thirsty. They don't have food. But they say, why are we sitting here until we die? Isn't it interesting that they ask themselves a question? And when they ask themselves a question, they did not know that something had been released by Elijah in the atmosphere. But there was something on the inside of them that prompted them to say, why are we sitting here until we die? And all of a sudden, they made a decision that they were going to do something. And they began to walk into the city. How many of you know that when you're walking through sand, it doesn't create a sound? They really did not know what to expect. But one thing that they knew that they had to do something. And as they go and walking through sand, that God caused the feet of four men to pierce the atmosphere in heaven and cause a sound to come from heaven that the enemy would hear, but they could not see. And how many of you know that there's so many times that we, it seems like that we, we are just so prone to getting into resistance and getting into resistance when we want to make progress. And so these four men believed that they were going to have resistance when they got into the city. But when they got into the city, there was no enemy. 
There was no one to stop them. But they got, they got food. They got wealth. They began to immediately began to experience how God will cause time to be removed. But you know what? There was something that was spoken in the atmosphere from Elijah that they had no knowledge of, but there was a prompting on the inside of them to say, why are we sitting here not doing anything, just waiting for time to take over us? You know, I believe that there's, that, that God is speaking to you. I believe that God is speaking about purpose. Or God is speaking even about the champion center. That, 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 that something happens when we come together and we make a decision that there is something that must be done rather than sitting waiting for the process of time. Because I believe that we are in a moment, I'm telling you, I know by the Spirit of God, when God's going to move you ahead of where you could have been if you've gone through the process. That there is a time, there is a celebration where God is removing the time so that you can go straight from seed to harvest. That what would have taken 10 years to do, that God's going to do it in 10 days. What would have taken 15 days to do, that God will do it in 15 hours. That there is something that God is preparing and has already prepared, but he's preparing you for it. And it will require you to get up and start walking.